Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker, truly Team Corker, as I'm joined on the cast today with the head of recruitment, Lana Bradshaw, and she brings today perspective of what's going on in the market from a hiring manager, from a candidate experience, what we need to know, what we can look out for. The roller coaster ride that is recruiting is always evolving, and I think in this state of the pandemic, there are some really interesting things to learn. And she's on the front lines of it, talking with both clients, companies, and candidates constantly. So I thought there were too many golden nuggets not being aired. And if this podcast can be a place to air all of the good laundry and the secrets, I hope this episode does just that for you. Enjoy. Oh, hi. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. Well, this feels like an overdue conversation and one that I simply had to hit record on because there is a lot in the world as it comes to finding work. And I feel like nobody is at the forefront of these conversations more than you are with many hiring managers and many candidates alike. And so I wanted to bust what is the great resignation all about? Where are people finding work? What do hiring managers need to know? And what do candidates need to know? Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Well, I love it. Yeah. I mean, this is exciting stuff. Should we start with candidates? <sighs> I mean, let's, sure. Yes. Let's start with the people that are looking for work. Okay. Who are um, they? And also, how does the generation of the talent pool differ? So, What do we know about, dare I say, a younger generation versus somebody that's at a director level or above? Where are they looking for work right now? Okay, well, let's start with some good news, maybe. That we know we're currently in a record high employment rate amongst core-aged women, which is 25 to 54. And that's the highest it's been since 1976. Yay, women. I mean, we won't talk about the wage gap right now, but in terms of employment, we're represented and that's really, really great. We also know that approximately half of the workforce in Canada are looking to change jobs in 2022, which is a huge, huge number. So what do candidates need to know is we've got some good representation in the marketplace as women, and we also have a lot of competition as candidates Mm. because a lot of people are going to be looking for work this year and shifting. So that's Mm -hmm. the good news. Mm-hmm. Where are they looking for work? The younger generation is looking at social media. What I mean by that is Instagram primarily mm-hmm. and going direct to websites. Mm-hmm. The thing about the younger generation and what I mean by that is 25 to 35 is they're scrutinizing employer brands way more harshly than they ever have before. Mm-hmm. So what employers need to know is that their brand is very important to the reputation their long-term strategies, their involvement in the community, all of that is becoming much, much more paramount and important for candidates. Mm, Got it. What Mm. about the candidate experience right now? Like what do companies need to know about how candidates are experiencing, be it the great resignation or, or their happiness in their current role? 
or the great reorganization too is a big one mm-hmm. at the moment. Employers need to know that communication is key as always, but even more so now. So when you're speaking to someone and you're interviewing them, you need to give guidelines and parameters on what that looks like for you. When are you going to connect with them next? When are you looking to hire? What are all the steps in the process? If they don't know that, then there's some ambiguity there and it creates a frustrating process for the candidate. And that's also when you lose talent as well, because employers are no longer in the driver's seat. You're just not. And if you're not creating that smooth process and clear communication, then you are going to miss out on talent and you have to move quickly. Mm, Yeah. So what about the old adage of hire slowly, fire quickly? Does that feel relevant anymore? No, it doesn't. I mean, fire fast still. Yes, I believe in that. But hire slow. No, I don't think it really benefits anyone. If you know that you need to hire and you know that you're looking at great talent, I don't understand what the delays are. Mm -hmm. You should be able to go from start to finish in a 30-day window. 30 days. Okay. If you're hiring the Corker Collective, yes, 30 days is no problem. (laughs) 30 days. One last question as it relates to candidates. What is their response to projects these days? And in the name of timing, do employers have the grace to ask people to be doing free work and mm-hmm. preparing projects as part of the interview process. And gosh, we see so much of that, don't we? Especially in the creative space. Yeah. So it's acceptable still from a candidate perspective, as long as it's a bite-sized project. You know, right. we had a client recently ask for a project and it took the candidate 10 hours to complete it. That is not acceptable. Right. And it's just, if you're not interviewing efficiently, yeah, then you shouldn't have to rely so heavily on a big project to get the answers that you need. Yeah. So it's better to embed in your interview process, like a 20 to 30 minute brainstorm or collab session on an existing product or idea Mm -hmm. and just rip on it that way and get their thought process rather than getting them to do a huge slide deck. It disrespects the candidate's time. Mm-hmm. especially since the majority of people we're talking to are already working full-time, they have busy lives, they've got families, et cetera. If yeah. you're that uncertain about them as a candidate that you need a big project to be the deciding factor, then yeah. you haven't figured it right. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, that's the perfect segue into the employer side of things, which mm-hmm. is how have interviews changed or better said, how do they need to change for interviewing in 2022? All interviews now are are on Zoom, like 99% of the ones that we're doing, which is really hard for candidates and employers need to understand that. People are camera shy. They're nervous. There's technical difficulties. You can't read the room. You can't read body language as much. You can't be as engaged. It's really clumsy and complicated for lots of candidates. So there needs to be some grace with that and some understanding that not everyone loves it. Not everyone loves being in front of a camera, even just to have a dialogue. There's a huge spotlight on you that can make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. The other thing that they need to realize is dragging out interviews is, you know, you got to get over that. Lean into the fact that it's just not working anymore. So there should be one driver for interviews that should be present throughout the entire process as kind of a buddy to that candidate, if you will. Mm -hmm. We should be doing pre-screen, a formal interview, and then a final interview, which you could do as a panel, rather than great, HR loves them and the hiring manager loves them. Okay, but now we just want the CEO to meet them. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, again, it takes such a long time to coordinate all these schedules Mm -hmm. and it wastes the candidate's time and it makes it look like you're not decisive or organized. So. Mm 
be clear on what's going to work for your organization. Keep it to two to three interviews and just go with it. Yeah. Let's go back to the space of video because I feel like we're all working on Zoom and it's such a valid point. I mean, at the Corker Co, we say fix your face and fix your face is like, don't sit on Zoom with some like resting bee face. I need to know how you're really doing. I apologize. How you're, no, <laughs> how you're feeling. And I think that when it comes to working on Zoom, we know each other and yet it's not like we're dating on Zoom. And that's what the interview process is. You're dating candidates on Zoom. And so do you have any insight into how to make Zoom interviews from an employer or a candidate perspective more comfortable? I, I wish I did, but I haven't figured it out myself because the thing <laughs> about Zoom too is that you're in your private space, like yes. you're in your home. And so automatically I can see that you've got this beautiful wood around you, that you're in a cabin, that you've got a dog, et cetera, et cetera. And that, those are very intimate and private things to know about someone that you've just met yeah. online. Yeah. And so I think it's just overall acceptance that we're all just kind of fumbling through this still, even though yeah. we're so used to Zoom now. It's yeah. I know CEOs who are doing Zooms with a sheet behind them because they're like, I don't want anyone to see my bed. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So it's just, you know, the corker core, which is acceptance and being mindful and respectful Mm -hmm. and compassionate that we're all doing Zooms, sometimes with sweatpants on and sometimes with the dog barking and sometimes with the kid interrupting. And that's just the reality right now that I think everyone can appreciate. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, we all know that I have a dog named Bernie, who's a total rascal. And I speak to people all the time who I've never spoken to. And I'm like, you might not like me, you might not want to do work with me, because my dog is barking. And there's like, actually nothing I can do about it. I mean, why are you apologizing for being human? Well, I feel like I'm apologizing for my dog. And (laughs) what comes up in that are like the things that we've had to come to become unapologetic about. And that is called real life. And so I do think there are things that we can do in the space of video to keep it human. And I think that, you know, the once upon a time intimidation factor feels so far gone, Mm -hmm. like put your ego aside. I don't need to know about any of your machismo. There's just no space to not be human in creating this 30 minute or 60 minute zoom interview. And Mm. I mean, I wish we could say that all human interactions are that way. And I don't think we've treated it as such. And so now we're on zoom. And one thing I wish for every interview is that people realize that they're going to go and talk about you. And Mm -hmm. I just want to know if you've left them with something positive and wonderful for them to talk about at dinner or with friends, whether you hire these candidates or not, like Mm -hmm. they're going to go and talk about you. And so I just want to know people are creating an experience and a conversation that's like worth talking about in a really positive way. Absolutely. And also being clear on what your takeaways are. You know, I start a lot of interviews with what's your takeaway? What can I do to help you in this interview to better understand this opportunity? Like, what do you need from me so that when we hang up, you're excited and you're informed? And their answer is often different than my answer, et cetera, et cetera. But at least understanding what they need from me in that that interview and what they'll need from clients too is really important. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So what about employers? It's no joke that it is a candidate market right now. And there Mm -hmm. is something to be said for speed and for the experience during the interview process. And what do they need to know about the market? I mean, how many times a week do we hear, I'm looking for a unicorn? (laughs) It's like, tell me about the unicorn hunt right now. What does that really mean? Well, everyone, I think, builds a job description and that's their nirvana, which, of course, I respect. But we're in the human business and the people Mm. business. We don't build robots. I say this all the time. We build what we do is make human connections. That's Mm. really the core of it. And I think employers need to understand that although the job description is our ideal, if you get a nine out of 10 out of those bullet points, that's really, really amazing. And you should take it and you should run with it. Mm. And then you should, what you should do is embed a retention strategy and plan and succession planning and growth planning to say, okay, here's Bob. He's got a nine out of 10 on this job description. We feel like we're missing this one point. So here's what we're going to do as employers to get him there. Mm. And then we're going to bonus him out at six to 12 months when he's reached that goal. That helps everyone. That helps the candidate because they're growing. It helps retention. It helps succession planning. Mm-hmm. It helps growth. It's a win-win for everybody. So my big one with clients is we don't build robots or find we find unicorns in the diamond in the rough, but you have to have some flexibility on what that looks like. Yeah. The second part is that employers need to really, really lean in and embrace the fact that remote is king. Like, yeah. I don't know how many, I think it's 4.5 million people in Canada alone are working fully remote. Hmm. So get on board with that. Please, please, please embrace part-time work, Hmm. particularly for parents. That's something that is severely lacking as representation in our workforce. And it drives me nuts. You can put on the job posting that you're open to part-time or full-time, or you can have a whole different category for part-time work, Hmm. which I think is something that employers are missing. Hmm. something that they should be looking at as well. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to riff here. You, when we speak about remote work, I find that it's a bit of a polarizing conversation right now that there are some people are like, I'm open to it. And others are like, no, this is what either coming back to an office or you can be remote now and you must plan in six months to be back in the office. Mm -hmm. How are candidates responding to that type of conversation? A hard and fast no on anything is a non-starter for most candidates. If you're going to be that stubborn on something that is important in the marketplace right now, then you're only shooting yourself in the foot. So go ahead and try that recruit with that no mentality and let's see how far you get with it. Yeah. Call us back in six months when you realize that you're just hindering yourself. Yeah. And if you're that nervous about not having bodies in your office, then there's a bigger problem that we're happy to help you out with. Yeah. If you're nervous because you don't have the leadership, productivity is not going to be there, or you're worried about trust or whatever your worries are, that's the issue. And that's what we can help you out with. Because the reality is candidates want to work either in a hybrid model or entirely from home. And they've been given that freedom now. Even companies that were really, really antiquated as much as I love them, like the city of Vancouver or banks or whatever the case may be, who are used to having people in the office literally from nine to five, five days a week. They've seen huge rises in productivity and they've had lower issues of sickness and mental wellness days. And they've had people taking less vacation. It benefits the employers, but they're still nervous about it. And I just don't understand why when the data shows the exact opposite. Yeah. Okay. I want to change gears because there's another bucket that feels really important. And that is the old school way of posting and praying So Mm -hmm. you post a job and you pray that everyone applies. 
I know that we're working with one client right now who literally has called us to say, no one is applying to our jobs. And this is a household brand that you see on your supermarket shelves that Mm -hmm. you know, and the reality that no one is applying to work there says a lot. We are in the conversation of what is it like to post on LinkedIn jobs? You can listen to podcasts and LinkedIn jobs is the ad of the podcast. And yet the reality is, are people actually going to apply there or are they just looking to see what job is open and continue about their merry way? So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering your thoughts on how can brands be building their employer representation in a way that they don't need to be posting and praying or what is the missing link that's happening in that conversation right now? I think pretty much all of the clients we've worked with recently have said no one's applying. And that's just another reason why they come to us in the first place. But the reason why they're not applying is because they're in demand and they're already probably working. You know, most of the people that we're connecting with already have full-time jobs. So they're not on their lunch break thinking, oh, geez, I wonder if I should just look for work. Mm -hmm. It's just not really something that they're focusing on. And so what employers need to understand is if you don't have a solid internal brand, then no one wants to work for you, as harsh as that sounds. Mm-hmm. So with Glassdoor and your own LinkedIn and your own social, if it doesn't seem appealing and inspiring and motivating and that you guys have your crap together, then yeah, of course no one's going to be applying because mm-hmm. you don't seem stable. Mm-hmm. And particularly in this market, candidates are in demand, of course, but they're also nervous to leave because mm-hmm. we're still in a pandemic. We still don't know what's happening. Schools are shutting down out east. They're probably going to be closing out here in the West. People are nervous. They don't want to leave stable jobs or they have benefits because if you know, things go really bad again and they get laid off, they're kind of caught with their pants down. Mm-hmm. So they want to at least know when they're making a move. It's with a company that really has it together mm-hmm. and isn't going through restructuring, which can be a really good thing, but it makes candidates nervous, particularly in this kind of a market. Yeah. So yeah. basically get your crap together. Yeah. And yeah. then understand what your differentiating factors are to everyone else in the market. So it's great if you have unlimited vacation days, but if your baseline salary is still below market value, it's not appealing Yeah, because they can't afford to go on vacation anyway. So it doesn't matter that they have limited time off. And that isn't also sexy anymore. I can list a hundred companies off the top of my head right now who do it. Mm-hmm. But if you're still paying below market value, it's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Got it. What about the humanness of companies? Meaning, do you find that candidates are looking into the people at these organizations? Are they looking oh, yeah. at the leadership teams at, beyond just the hiring manager? A hundred percent. And I think it's because they become much more savvy. Mm-hmm. They're really doing their research. It's pretty rare that I do an interview with a candidate and they haven't done their research on who the CEO is, what the company's doing. Mm-hmm what their objectives are, how they're positioned in the marketplace. They're incredibly savvy and they're doing their homework. Yeah. Which is great to see. It makes for a more complicated recruitment process because they're extremely knowledgeable. Yeah. So as a recruiter, as someone who's interviewing, you better have that information right at your fingertips. You can't Mm -hmm. be fumbling around with, I'll get back to you on that. If you don't have the answers on how they're doing, how they're being positioned, what their org chart is, Mm -hmm. then it makes candidates feel a little uncertain. Yeah. It also is a beautiful reminder that everyone in your organization needs to be mindful of how they're showing up both Mm -hmm. personally and professionally, because their brand is a reflection of your brand. 
meaning the company brand. And mm-hmm. so this notion of what is on brand feels like it's never mattered more if you want to be attracting talent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I have two questions to end with. One is a hot question related to talent. And the last is our final podcast question. And the first being, what company do you think is doing a great job recruiting right now? The Corker Co. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Who's the second company doing a great job? I think all companies are struggling, even Amazon. I mean, they're, you know, obviously they're a giant. Everyone knows them and respects them and uses them, but their interview process is on average a 10 week cycle. So they're not doing superbly, but it's more who's doing a bad job. (laughs) That's what we can not the question you've asked, but still. (laughs) Well, I want to tip my hat to Tentry because Mm. I think what Tentry is doing a great job at from a recruiting perspective is they've created a brand that goes so far beyond the fact that if I buy a t-shirt, it plants trees. Mm -hmm. I think their blog and their resource section is beautiful. They send me informative emails with a playlist that I really appreciate. And then when they post a job, it feels very congruent with all other aspects of their brand. And their jobs are always tied very clearly to the mission of what they're doing and how this role will support what they want to do in the world. And I tip my hat to them for that. I think I completely agree. That's really well said. Well done on that one. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was trying to say before is the holistic approach in terms of your brand and how you're connecting with the community. They really dialed it in. They really nailed it on that one. There's engagement, there's clear understanding of what they do. There's a mission behind the brand and it inspires candidates and that's what they want. Yeah. So hat tip, local Vancouver company, planting trees, changing the game. I think they're doing a good job. And their gear is really cute too. I love their hoodies. Oh, hoodies and that kid's line. I mean, if you put Dr. Seuss on one more t-shirt and some adorable little nugget running around the screen, I will have to buy it. All right. The last and final question is what is making your heart beat faster? <laughs> There's lots of things these days because I'm finding inspiration in ways that I haven't before just because, you know, lockdowns and illness and you've got to get creative. I'm reading and just finding inspiration in tons of different books, which I'm more than happy to share on another podcast. Top 10. Yes. I'm here for it. Yes, we will follow up because I don't know a more voracious reader than yourself. And what I think is so beautiful is it is eclectic, it's decorated, and it covers a spectrum. So we will cover many different areas of life when we do your top 10 reads. And that will set us up for 2022, the books that need to be on your shelf. Absolutely. And as you know, Steph, I have been running. So that literally is getting the heart rate up. I mean, it's not necessarily a good thing, but. (laughs) Be still my beating heart. When I get messages that I will be right back after my run, I could not be a happier human. (laughs) I appreciate. As always. No, I appreciate your perspective. And I appreciate that we can record this because I think that it is a really special time as we say every single day to each other in the space of recruitment and I've never cared more to make this time 
and hopefully it will pass, <laughs> make the very best of this time. So thank you. We will make sure there's links in the show notes, both how to connect with you, where to go. And if you're listening, just know we want to hear from you, regardless of what side of the equation you're on, be it a hiring manager or a candidate, we're here for you. Thanks, friend. Thank you.